Welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us for our Fremantle Dockers podcast, Chris. Yeah, we're, we're back. We're back at it. And it's, it's good to be doing it in the daytime, actually. Uh, the sun's out and uh, we're, we're in a nice air-conditioned room doing some podcasting. Yes, it's nice to have the AC. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Before we get started, um, first thing first is the audio. Uh, we've obviously got a new system and stupid me tried to make a few changes, which I think actually made it worse. So we're back to kind of a default so I do apologize for the Essendon and Collingwood if it was a little bit painful but hey you know sometimes sometimes you shouldn't just tinker with things I think yeah you get a little bit you get a little bit sidetracked sometimes but um, look let's get on to our socials it is uh, we're Supercoach Insider it is SC Insider 100 and all of our audio platforms you can find us so Spotify SoundCloud Stitcher uh, is it Stitcher? We always get. <laughs> I was waiting for you to jump Google in. Podcast, everything, yeah, all that stuff, and of course, uh, you can find us on YouTube as well. Um, just search for a Supercoach Insider. Yep, pretty and good stuff. For those on YouTube, please do subscribe, like, follow, comment. All we the above. Really loving the interaction at the moment, everyone, guys. So do appreciate it. But Fremantle, they are a tough one to pick, I think, this year, Chris. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've had a little bit of a list turnover. Um, obviously, they've had guys like McCarthy um, and Hogan uh, out of the club. Now, their best 18 still really, really solid. Um, and I think that it's just getting better every year because the young core growing through that midfield is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So, yep, definitely a um, slow rebuild. Uh, mm. I mean, after all, they are two hours behind, Chris. <laughs> well done, sir. Um, but look, uh, uh, they surprised teams last year with their competitiveness, and I think this year they might go that little bit better. I anticipate them to be just outside the eight, um, so ninth, tenth, eleventh, potentially. Not, I don't think as low as twelve, but I you think mean that's where they're going to be competing with Collingwood for the eight. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I think they're going to be around that uh, that group of, play- of of teams there again. If they can keep their guys in the park, um, they've had some really bad injuries with their defence, uh, especially last year. Um, guys like Pierce, unfortunately, who can't get a run at it. Um, Hamling as well, um, probably their best defender. Um, so there are guys in their system uh, that they really need to get back and into their on the park every single week to give them a chance of being really com- ultra competitive and, and potentially a taste of finals football. So we'll see how they go this year. Yep. No, I think that's fair. And they're definitely interesting to watch. Uh, I find they're more interesting to watch than some other teams. And they have some guns, so is, it's going to be it interesting. pretty much just because you like watching Fife do anything? Uh, anything except play forward. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you just want to see his arms with no sleeves of Fife, that's for sure. It's just all, all guns all out. Oh, yes, he's a good looking lad. Anyway... <laughs> I need that Brucey delicious one. Oh, Where's delicious. <laughs> oh, he's delicious, isn't he? <laughs> Yes, thanks, Brucey. All right. Um, so where do we go into the rookies? Uh, so uh, they had a few picks in the um, in the national draft this year, and they were really, really um, precise with what they did in the national draft, and they got some really good value in the back end of it. So I'll, I'll briefly go through it, but they picked up uh, Heath Chapman at 14, Nathan Driscoll at 27, Brandon Walker at 50, and Joel Weston at 55. And they also went into the uh, rookie draft and picked up uh, Treaky or Treacy, I'm not sure how that's pronounced, <laughs> 
um, in the rookie draft as a forward. Um, and he may even surprise with some game time this year. So we'll see how that goes. Um, now, the reason why I say uh, that they were uh, had a little bit of luck in the draft is that their last two picks, uh, Brandon Walker and Joel Weston, were both um, academy picks. And so even though they went at 50 and 55, they're both tipped to go around that 25 to 35 mark. So they've got a bit of value out of their draft. Yep. Not bad. Um, so starting with um, Heath Chapman, um, so he's probably the one that's most likely, uh, but he's a third tall style defender. Um, and with obviously uh, Hamling and Pierce set to come back and we don't really – do we have an injury update on those guys and potentially uh, we might have to wait until preseason to really find out where they're at with things. Um, but yeah, they- I haven't heard too much uh, regarding those players at the moment. So I think most of them are pretty fit or on the way back except for uh, the few which we'll get to shortly. Yep, beautiful. Um, so I, I can't imagine him playing without an injury to those guys. They've also got, of course, um, Griffin Logue, um, who can play either on a tall or as an intercepting defender. And, of course, Luke Ryan, who's probably their premium intercepting defender. And then they've got their running halfbacks in uh, in Hayden Young and Nathan Wilson, who pretty much aren't going to be going anywhere. So I just don't think that there's a role for him in the early side. <laughs> You're welcome. That was nice. Um, but, you know, he for, for the Colts, he uh, dominated there. He averaged, uh, sorry, uh, 22.4 touches, 10.6 intercept possessions and 4.6 intercept marks. So someone who's obviously going to be SC relevant at some point in his career. Uh, so definitely one to watch. And um, at 148K, he might be worth it due to roll but a lot to play out before we go through that. Um, briefly on the other guys, um, I don't think that these guys are going to be playing too heavily into calculations, uh, but you've got Nathan O'Driscoll. He's a halfback turned midfielder, 187 centimetres, who actually grew six centimetres since he was 16 years old and playing at the national championship. So he's now um, 187 and 76 kilos. Uh, he'll be playing halfback or wing, um, high endurance but likely well behind the pecking order. They've got quite a lot of wing types there at Frio. Um, so I don't imagine that he's going to be one to just jump out the box. Um, Brandon Walker, um, he was a academy tip, as uh, academy pick. As I said, he's a running defender as well. And again, they are stocked well at that mark, unless, of course, injury strikes. And Joel Weston, um, who is very highly talented and really, really sought after. Problem is, he's 172 centimetres and 68 kilos. So um, he was obviously playing a lot of midfield hard at it tackles hard blah blah um but at afl level can you do that 172 centimeters that's a light frame too chris so probably going to be one to just apply his talent to the small forward but we'll have to see how his development goes but they tipped him to like as small as he is still tipped to go early in the second round so 68 kilos he's gonna have to bulk up what what, what do you think he'd be eating chris he might be on the um what's the 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 carlin diet or whatever (laughs) eat whatever you want times two (laughs) you could do better than that couldn't you uh probably hey mom the meatloaf He <laughs> surprised me with that one. That was good. The meatloaf. That was meatloaf. Ma, we want it now. <laughs> hey, you know, you have to eat. Oh, well done, sir. You led into that. You like, you're like horse to water over here. And I was like, drink, sir, drink. All yes. Right. All good. Um, as mentioned, they, uh, Treaky. So um, the, the, the valuable thing about Treaky this year and why he's arguably going to be the most selected player this year is a 102K ruck forward. Um, so you get that flexibility and he's also the basement price, but he's also got the potential to play sometime this year. So uh, I, I don't think there's anyone that's going to be running without him at 
par three. I think he's a super valuable pick. Yep. Heavily owned already. Yeah, hugely owned. Um, so, yeah, just lock him away and see how his season progresses. I don't think he's going to be playing round one, but I think he does get game time this year. Well, it's nice to have a 102K player that you could actually you know, be of use. Yeah. Now, the one that is um, is probably the most likely to debut is a, is a rookie that's been a couple of years in the system called Luke Valente. I've been um, hot on him for a while. Oh, he's delicious, isn't he? Yeah. And I think last year I went a bit crazy about him on the pod. I had him um, – I literally had him lined up until he you know, didn't even feature at all. And, um, yeah, he's just got an absolute body ready for – especially now, uh, for AFL football. Yep, it actually came out in the um, articles that Fremantle were writing. Valente's appeared to put on size ahead of his third preseason and impressed as he chases his debut. So very interesting there. And look, there is potential for spots, even in their best 22, just on the fringes. Um, there's every chance that he might get a run. And I think that there could be a round one selection if he has a good preseason. So definitely one on your watch list. Yep. Um, there's definitely a couple of vulnerable older players and a couple that, you know, because they have quite a lot of versatility in yeah, their team as well. Do. So there's a lot of mm. shift. So Conker could easily be gone. Uh, Bewley could be out. You know, there's quite a lot of players that could actually fill into those forward and, and wing roles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously Frio are wanting to blood their youth. They want to get these guys through the system as well. And like we've already mentioned, um, the New York rookies that, that didn't even play last year, they're going to struggle with, you know, jumping straight into AFL football. But the guys that have been in the system a couple of years, even if they haven't had a debut, at least they've been training as an AFL player. They know the systems and they've got, um, you know, last year, they, even though they, they weren't playing, they were still training as AFL players. Correct. They were still into that system. So I think that's the big theme for this year in general. For me, uh, we spoke about last pod or one of the earlier ones. You know, short turnaround, they haven't had much football last year. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have a lot of catching up to do. I don't see many of them being game ready for round one, yeah, which is really me. hard because I'm trying to not go guns and rookies full out. I'm trying to kind of go a couple guns, couple of mids to try and balance that cash a little bit because I just think if you go three and three with two on the bench, five rookies in the forward line, five rookies in defence, it's going to be hard for you this year. Well, I've been tinkering around my side and then I look down and I've got like six mid prices and I go, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. But it's it's it seems to be the the way to go this year. I don't know. It's a very early to see. I really wanted to play more guns and rookie strategy this year, but I'm just getting starting to get a little bit worried about the rookies. I know it's early. We only get one game sample size. Yep, it's hard. And, and then the rest of them are you know going to be intra-club clashes and you know, reports potentially I'm hoping that I know some of the clubs do it where they actually live stream uh, on their website the the yeah, intra clubs yep I, I hope that we get that this year and I hope we get as much as we can we're gonna have to rely a lot on the um, on the community out there to yep. that are, that are actually going people to going to, to watch all the clubs themselves Absolutely. accurately reporting which yeah. is difficult so it'll be it'll be it's gonna be an interesting preseason yep. but um, look that's why people are here and I spoke to um, pistol as well shout out to pistol from dr supercoach mm-hmm. Um, even then, I've done all this analysis and looking at you know over overpriced and all these different areas where you have to you know they're overinflated. But then at the same time, I'm like I don't like that many people underneath them. So it's no. this hard one where you kind of you'll have to well, you don't you don't have to. But it's in it's like okay, well at the moment I'm overpaying for a couple of people who I am quite sure will actually still finish in the top handful of people on their line. Yeah. 
instead of trying to go, oh, here's value, and then end up with a whole team of value, and then you have to upgrade them all. It's a it's a combination that's there's this weird like sort of so there's this really great low end value, and then there's some top guys that are well well overpriced, but at least they're safe picks, and then in the middle is a splattering of guys that have question marks. Yeah, and that's this season in a nutshell. No. In a nutshell. <laughs> Do you have that one? No, I actually uh. tried, but it was a bit messy. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so best 22, um, yeah, obviously this free are a little bit harder to pick this year. Um, so I don't know what, um, if this is going to be accurate, but I'll give it a whirl anyway. So I've gone with Hayden Young um, starting. I think he will be starting um, this year. Uh, Pierce, of course, if he's healthy. Wilson there as well. I've gone with Stephen Hill still coming off that half back line if he's fit again. Um, but I, I can't see them not playing Hill if he's not fit. He's a talent. So we'll yeah, I think he played goes. back pocket a little more last yeah, year. So it depends how his body is. Yeah. Uh, Hamling, of course, and Ryan. Uh, across the wing, Akers uh, showed that he's very, very capable on the wing and played very well. I've got Brayshaw and I've got Conker sitting in there as well. Uh, half forward line, I've got Walters, Tabernard and Mundy. And then in the forward line, I've got Fife, Lobb and Schultz. So it'll be interesting to see just how much forward time Fife takes up. Um, that will be very interesting. What, um, what combination do you think would be ideal if you want to actually pick him? I don't think any combination's good. Uh, well, if he rests forward, then that's a good yeah, option. But, but so if he's playing 10, 15% forward, then he's basically playing 100% mid-time because he always has rested forward. Um, that's not going to happen. I think it's probably going to be 50-50 or maybe even 60-40 forward. 60-40? Well, you know what they say. 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> Wow, you really came to this prepared. I'm just, you know what? I mean, either A, it's probably a combination of these two. You've got way too much time on your hands. <laughs> You're just burning it at both ends at the moment. I don't know. I love, I love it. Thank you very much. That was good. You better lock it up. You lock it up. You lock it up. You lock it up. You lock it up. Hang on, hang on. Last one. Wait a minute. I thought we were stuck in a blender. Now we're saving lives? What? 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 That's so good. All right. Wow, you really went to town. All right, cool. Um, and on the interchange bench, I've got Tucker, Aish, Logue, and Blakely. Um, so uh, guys that can play you know, all over the park generally, which is good. Um, missing from that lineup uh, with obviously a little bit of depth, you do have that Valenti. Um, so I think Valenti could come in. Blakely has been bad for a long time. Yep. I'm not sure if he's even really best 22. I, I thrown him in there and I'm just like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. He must be ready to fight for it though because uh, he could have got traded. And uh, mind you, you know, fairly new coach at the club, so maybe he's trying to work his way in. Mm-hmm. He could definitely be a role player though. Yep. Um, Ethan Hughes has proven that he can play at AFL level. Um, I just think Hayden Young's ahead of him and they're, uh, you know, Stephen Hill as well. Um, and their back six is pretty settled if they don't have any injuries. Um, Sturt, um, Collier, Duman and Bewley as well. Um, all depth players that, that can come in and make an impact this year. Yep. For me, I think Sturt and uh, Valenti will probably be the first off the rank. Um, yep. Mundy and Conker, I think, are probably more vulnerable Monday I doubt we'll play every game yeah um, and Sturt's one that um, I think he will play quite a few games this year um, I'm not sure if you want to play Sturt and Fife in the same forward line they're very similar style players so again it's all going to depend on what Fife's doing with his true um, and even then it could change game by game as well could be, it yeah, could be absolutely. a, a yep. way to manage him to get longevity so he might play more mid rotation some games and then kind of flex out a bit in others yep absolutely um, and that leads us on to the premiums so I suppose we start with the the big one that we've already you know touched on a little bit Nathan Fife oh, Nathaniel Fife Nathaniel um, okay so extremely 
or good to watch. Okay, passes the eye test. So he did average 120 in 2019, played 20 games that year, played 14 in the year just gone, missed three games, averaged 113.2. He actually went down time on ground, which is interesting because I guess maybe he missed some games from injury, but um, he actually went down 4.3% considering he played a lot more forward and people were actually you know, tossing him up to be a forward in 2021. It's a little bit interesting for that, but... Um, there he is tipped to go forward more in 2021, which I find... As can be seen by his huge shoulders. He has bulked. Like, I don't even understand how you can like have huge shoulders and then you come back after a preseason and you have huge shoulders. He's big. Like, if anyone hasn't seen the photo of Fife training, just get on that. It's, it's good gear. It's good gear. Yep. Uh, injured in round four on 71, true average of 116.5. So there is a little bit of value there. Seven scores of 120 plus. So again, you know, this year you could probably actually pick him up as a VC, which is funny. For me, I'd actually love him as a VC and you could get a 120 probably half of the time. It's actually not a bad deal um, because he is probably at this point tipped to playing forward more. I think he is probably a not a great option in standard. Oh, I was really hoping he was playing midfield because I would have loved to have picked him. I honestly do. But if he's playing more forward, I don't see how I can. He probably still plays and averages maybe around the same though. I, I can't I see him going below s- 110. No, I honestly can't. Well, I think he's got a scope from going anywhere from 100 to 120. And it's all going to yep. be role dependent. And it also what comes into play definitely is how good a Fremantle. How good are they? Because if he's playing forward, he needs to kick goals and he's take contested grabs and he needs to be a focal point of the offense. If he is that, then he can still definitely average quite well. But the, the question mark is, uh, do I want to pay 610K for a guy that might average 110? Yeah, it's risky. Mm. Mm. Well, not only that. Okay. You want a sure thing at 610K. Well, you do. And and it's funny because the flip side is is that you might have, say, Tabernar and Lobb start coming out and killing it, right? Sturt's backing and they them up have, really well. Honestly, Tabernar has really picked it up the last season or two, um, taking grabs left, right and centre, hitting the logos. I, really, I actually really, really like Tabernar. So if the forwards are doing what they need to to bring it to ground, creating options, getting marks, kicking goals, and the midfield aren't producing, so Chera can't run out games, Brayshaw's lost his you know, mojo a little bit, Fife's going back in. Do you know what I mean? So it's really yep. what the team needs and they don't want to bang him up at the contest, but at the same time, you know, whatever's best for the team. So he could easily switch roles. He could. The thing is, they have good enough midfielders. Chera, Brayshaw and Sarong are absolutely elite. They're all fantastic mids. They do not need Nathan Fife in there anymore. All high picks too. Yeah. Uh, this is, they don't need it. Tucker is a fantastic midfielder. They have the talent around the ball. They do not need Nathan Fife there. They need him up forward. So I, I can't see them budging from this stance, and I think they're going to go the whole season with it. He obviously will play midfield. He'll get rotational minutes. So will Mundy. So will Walters. They'll all get you know time in there. How much time? That's yep. the question. And is it enough to, to bump his average up? Hell, Fife as a forward in 2022 oh. would be amazing. Next one is Luke Ryan. He's 576K defender, super reliable. Uh, even in 2019, 2018, he still had some really high patches. And this year he kind of strung it all together. Probably, again, you're looking at the type of ball use and the player he was. You look at the – he went up about, what, 12 points in average. Mm-hmm. You look at Lloyd and how he actually went up in average as well. 
racks up the ball, shorter games, more scaling, and absolutely, you know, killed it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think that he's probably due for a slight digression, um, just yep. because again he was one of those intercepting defenders that, that got a, took advantage of that scaling. Um, well, and he played a couple more. things going against him this year. That I think Hayden Young's inclusion into that best twenty-two, which I think will will definitely happen, will make him the primary kickout taker um, and designated kicker from defence. Whereas he has obviously been that guy for quite a while now. Um, even though, I mean, he's not the best of kicks, but, you know, a great short kick, you know, it does set up the play and it's, it leads to how they're actually moving the ball out of defense. I just think that moving forward, that will change to young. Um, so unfortunately that goes against him. What does work for him though, is obviously having Pierce and Hamling back means he doesn't have to play as much lockdown anymore. Um, and he was actually forced to play on bigger guys for a lot of the year and try and sag off and take marks. Um, whereas this year he will be probably roaming free. Uh, that, that's the ideal role for him is that third tall intercepting defender. So He could um, be a, a Lloyd 2.0, to be fair. He, he still apparently has come back. He's really impressed with his work ethic and he's been – uh, really influential on the younger players. So, what, But what we look at is he actually went up by 6% time on ground. So in a shorter format, that's why we're saying that he's actually possibly overpriced. But he's underrated. I honestly think each year the season starts and he's probably, what, 2 to 5% owned? No one touches him. Yeah, I, I think I don't think that's going to change much to this this time no, too. Because they're do looking think everywhere else. Oh, I'll go. Oh, I'll go. Laird. K, that's Laird. Yeah. I mean, who are you choosing him over? You'd have to choose him over Laird Whitfield. It's hard, right? Yeah. Yeah, difficult to do. Um, and he's not even that, that much. Gonna, like, I think he's probably going to be easy top ten and probably top six. So he's not a bad selection. No. It's just mm. not a bad selection. And I think he's well. Here's the worst part, though. He's only seventy five less than Lloyd, essentially. And you just pay the extra money to go to Lloyd. Yeah. Like okay. So the question is. Are you confident in him averaging exactly what he averaged last year, which is 107? No. Uh, Maybe 100 to 103 for me? I think he's got the scope to go 100 to 110, somewhere in there. Yeah. But it's it's more likely he's 105 or under. It's more likely that's there. You know, the, the, the higher end is unlikely. But we'll, um, yep. time will tell. And look, I don't think he's a terrible selection. And I wouldn't say that, you know, just because you're picking Luke Ryan, your, your team's terrible. But he it's does go a, he does go on these little runs where he oh, scores horrible. And at the end of the other 20, side of it, he goes in these oh, huge runs where he just goes and explodes, and like his, 140s. His ceiling has been quite large for a while. He just yep. pulls out these 140s, 150s, which is ridiculous. So he averaged 116 the last 13 rounds which is extremely solid he had 1300s and he had four scores under 100 three of these were in the first four rounds and those four scores were 52 67 79 and 67 yeah so after that he was actually extremely durable extremely uh, high scoring he had six scores of 120 plus including a 131 a 142 and a 162 Mm -hmm. he's 25 yeah still young Still young, and he came back in great nick as well, which is even better. Excellent. Well, um, again, I think definitely one that you want to have a look at in draft. Yep. Uh, I think in draft people might even skip past him to try and get one of these other guys, and I honestly feel, unless they're extremely like Fremantle Ryan fans, is that Whitfield, Laird will go before him, and then realistically the round straight after you'd be able to get Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. 
He does go. He always goes pretty early. People do see the upside because he's got such a good ceiling. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where he lands in your draft. But uh, moving on, mate. Yes, Andrew Brayshaw, 544K midfielder. He's a mid only this year, which yep. does take away a lot of value. Some people see him killing it and they're like, oh, yes, he's taking the next level again. It's like, but he played midfield. Scored 101.3 average. And in- talk about his time on ground for the year. Well, he increased his percent, his actual score by 30 points, mm. 30.8 points. That's how much Supercoach he went up. Now, this is the real key part and the thing that Chris is excited about. He averaged 75.3% time on ground. That is incredibly low for a guy that's about to hit his third year. Yes. And, and for someone who's meant to be an endurance machine, that's why he got picked up. Yep. Um, now, the problem is he, he does need to work on his kicking, but I mean, all Brayshaws need to work on the kicking. That's kind of what they do. Um, but if he can get that up to premium midfielder status, which is another 13% or so, uh, up to about 88 to 90% is where the really high end Oh, they're the ones that play. Go. Yeah, but they're the ones that play forward as well. Unless, yeah. you, unless you're like Titch, generally speaking, even around that 84, 85 mark, if you can go up. You know, another 10%. It's huge. The sky's the limit for Brayshaw. There is every chance that he comes out and he's a, a premium this year. Well, like the a, sky isn't the limit, Chris, because you go too high, you have to come back to earth. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's not. There's not a song called The Sky Is Not The Limit, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, look, uh, can you select him in standard? Picking a breakout? There's no real signs that have told us that you know, Brayshaw is going to be getting extra time on ground, that Brayshaw is going to be the, the main mover in the midfield. At 544K, you might as well go Walsh or Cripps, and I would take either of those over Brayshaw. Yeah. I still think he's a shoe-in for 100-plus average, and he's going to have a main. He's going to be a mainstay in that, um, in that midfield. For so. draft, I think you could pick him up pretty comfortably. Now, when you look at his stats, though, he did average 108 for the last 13 rounds, averaged 79 for the first four, 86 for the last four. So he is inconsistent in somewhat. However, the ceiling is what's interesting. So from round five to round 14, 144, 122, 102, 136, 106, 150, 67, 122, 150, uh, 115. I stuffed that up so bad. Hang on. <laughs> I was about to say 150. Uh, yeah, no. But uh, he can go on extremely good runs, has yep. a good ceiling, and I think he's extremely consistent. Yeah, I like him. I, I really do. Um, I won't pick him in a, in a standard, but he could be a guy that you upgrade to. I, yes. can, I can definitely see him being uh, a decent, say, M6 to M8, depending on who he's averaging. So we'll, we'll see how we go. The real kicker with him, though, is he averaged 121.1 in wins versus 87.4 in losses. Yeah, it's a big That's difference. a big difference. 33.7. So if you see Fremantle improving and winning more games, then I think there could be some value there. Walters is the next one, and he's an extremely delight, and he is... Oh, he's delicious, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he is. He's he is. great to watch. He's Love to watch player. him. I can't believe I chose um, Isaac Heaney over him twice last year in, in draft leagues. No. Oh. Ouch, time. Yeah, I have a thing for Haney. Um, but look, he's extremely good to watch. He's still a forward mid. He killed it at the start of last year. Absolutely killed it. Average 112 over his first eight. And then he averaged 82 over the last six rounds. And this was the disappointing part. I think once he got injured and came back, he wasn't really... He always gets injured every year. He always gets injured. Um, I think there's only been one year that he hasn't been injured. He's unfortunately unreliable, which is why he's got question marks over him as a forward. Even though he always seems to average all right and he can be super clutch and have a huge game, the next week he comes in and has a 50. And it's just you can't do it. 
It's not something you can do. Like, as a, he's not a reliable person that's going to win you a game on a week. Um, he's just so up and down and just plays too much forward time. And unfortunately, there's not enough mid time now to go around. No, so these younger players, these younger players are now killing it. And yep. if anything, I think Fife's probably first one in. And Walters, they'll need his goal sneak sense around the ground, around Absol- Florida centre. So Absolutely. And look, I mean, you know, you're probably paying what you're going to get from him. You're probably going to get a 95 to 100 average out of Walters, oh. maybe slightly over 100 at best. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I actually see him slipping to about a 90 flat. I don't know. Playing more forward, I still think he's great, but I think you'll find he won't have as big a games as he's had previously. They, yeah. don't, they don't need him in the midfield anymore. He'll pinch hit. When he needs, but I think he still plays well as a like he scores he, well as a four, but it's just inconsistently. Correct. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, look, I think it's interesting either way. I, I, I don't think it's again. I don't think it's a terrible pick. Like you can do a lot worse. Oh, you could. Um, yes. He's just not a value pick. He's not. He's not something that I think. I'm thinking he's not in my decision making process for a forward. Um, but I wouldn't hold it against you if you picked him. Well, if he's available and there's people around him that are unders, then you kind of go well. Yeah, you just you yeah. grab it. I mean, it's that forward line, right? There's just so much value in the forward line. You know, pay, spending 530 on a guy that's you know, just going to be yeah, 29 at, year know, old around the mark. Yeah, could be worse. Could be Monday next pick <laughs> 502k midfielder only. Uh, it's funny because I keep banking on him, kind of like the um, the game stock uh, game game GameStop. Yeah, GameStop uh, stocks there, trying to bank on him actually falling in averages, and he just keeps on disappointing me. <laughs> <laughs> Eighty nine average in twenty nineteen, ninety three point four this year, and he was someone you could have actually got for junk time in yep. draft leagues. No he one wanted some, him. He had some big games too. So yeah, um, look, uh, obviously they're going to be phasing him out. Is he's old? Yes. Um, but he's, he's great to have on that list. He you know settles down the the new kids. They've still got a lot of young youth coming through. Um, I still think he's best twenty two until proven otherwise, and I think he's got the right to be able to say that. I think he has the right. I don't. I think he's more backup for me. He's there to help nourish and train these kids. I think he's more backup. I mean, you look at even time on ground. He went from seventy five percent time on ground, which has been decreasing. This year, he actually went 71% time on ground. So he went down 4% in a short season, in shorter games. And for me, I think he's there for other benefits at the club. Yeah, yeah. He's obviously good around yeah. the club, good trainer. So yeah. in draft leagues, I am, I'm going to double down and not pick Mundy, even though I, <laughs> I respect him. If at him. first you don't succeed, repeat the same mistakes you did last year. Unless you go bankrupt. Um, <laughs> he, look, he's 35 years old. And for me, I don't think there's value picking a 35-year-old at a 93.4 average. Oh, it's definitely not value. No. Um, Leave him for someone else and then applaud that pick. But you'll find that he'll slide because of his age. So re- oh. regardless, someone will say, oh, well. Chris, I can't slide to save my life. My knees are hurt. <laughs> That's true. Do the Dougie. <laughs> teach me how to Dougie. Teach me, teach me how to Dougie. Sorry. Uh, next one, Adam Chera, 484K, midfielder only. So, again, a lot of these players lost their forward eligibility. So, mm-hmm. Brayshaw, Chera, Akers, all lost their uh, eligibility for forward. Chera's a jet. It just it's, it's all a matter of how much mid-time he gets. He's absolutely exquisite by foot, but sometimes he's played off the half-back line or in a wing as opposed to in the middle. Um, so fuel, fuel the jet. Fuel the jet. Um, brilliant brilliant uh, user, uh, user, which is great for Supercoach. Increased his average by 30 points per game this year, and this is the story of a lot of these guys. Um, so it'll just depend on how much time he gets in the middle. Um, is he going to be in that you know, starting three with Brayshaw and, and Sarong? Because um, I think those two are definitely locked into that absolute midfield mix. It's just now, okay, well, is it also going to be Chera? And he, how much in that 
midfield rotation is going to be. You know what it hurts me? I actually picked him up in one of my probably second last picks in draft. And then he started off with some pretty bad scores the first four rounds, so I dumped him. <laughs> and then he absolutely – he averaged 99 the last 10 rounds, 77 for the first seven. And I dumped him after four rounds. Someone else grabbed him and he went on an absolute heater, averaged 90 for the year. Oh, tough. tough yeah, uh, pretty good ceiling though. 500s, 113, 118, 121, 134, 134. Mm-hmm. So he yep. can definitely rack it up. Um, yeah, can't go wrong, I think. But uh, obviously, I don't think it's someone that's going to be increasing his average and there's no real evidence of it um, to warrant a selection in standard. Uh, definitely a draft option, but uh, that's about it. Yep. Someone, as well as everyone else from here is really on the mid-pricer end. Yeah, we'll kind of touch on them briefly. Yeah, a lot of mid-pricers. Now, Chero, I think you could pick up even if you got him around the 90 I think there's kind of room either side. So oh, if I he think disapp- there's room to improve. If it, sure. Yeah, there yeah. is room to improve. But if he disappoints, I can't see him going much below 85 anyway. So I don't think you're going to lose much if he doesn't do well. And mm-hmm. I think that he could probably move up you know, anywhere from sort of that, what, four to four to ten points a game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I wouldn't can't see him averaging over, over 100. Um, no, but, but I can't see him going below an 85 either. Yeah. So uh, in yeah. draft leagues, he's pretty standard. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now let's have a quick little touch on uh, Acres is 453K. Don't touch in standard uh, even now uh, maybe in, even avoid in draft man that buy's body is held together yeah. with, with 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 clag glue and i'll tell you what it's clag. A- it's acres and acres of clag glue yeah it is <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a lot of it it's a lot um, of it um look he if he if people ignore him and he stands out then yes he did average 107 the last four rounds probably plays on the wing so if he if he looks okay and people ignore him then sure jump on he can average you 80, uh, better than an 84. However, he can also spend three quarters of the year on the sidelines. So Classic Blake Akers. Yep. Uh, I'd well, much I'd rather... Blakers. Blakers? You can press that button. <laughs> <laughs> the That's not the button I wanted you no, to press. No, it's not Blakers. Um, okay, so I would much rather Caleb Sarong, 435K. Again, Absolutely. I'm seeing people picking these guys in standard. I'm like, Sarong, yes, he's great. And only Clayton Oliver can really bang it out in the second year in recent history, uh, except for Rao 2021. Now, I don't know, Sarong, he could get the role. He could definitely get the role, which means that he might not be a bad option in draft. You could definitely pick him over the 81.1. In standard, though, I'm not paying 435K for someone and hoping that they're going to develop to what they could be. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I, there's, again, there's no real evidence of what's happening there. I think he will be playing more midfield. I definitely think he averages more, but there's no chance... Like in hell that I would be banking on it, especially in standard. He was already low time on ground. He averaged 70.1% time on ground. That'll increase. That will increase. Now, he did average 90 over his last 10 rounds with scores of 94, 96, 114, 118, 122. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, he's someone that you could throw in there and an 81 in draft year is definitely relevant. Look, he's one that, you, you know, you, you watch him and if he could be a round three special. In which case, and what, what, what I mean by that is a guy that you know, absolutely smashes it in rounds one and two. And then you're like, when you have your corrective trades, there might be, say, a premium or a mid pricer around that price that you can um, side, sideways trade to him and then collect him on the up. Um, I, there's just no way that I'd, I'd bank on that from round one. I just don't, don't see the uh, value in that at all. No. Um, Sean Darcy is an interesting one. If you get extremely stuck for a ruck and in a deep league, 
I could see it then. I think there's probably still a lot of better options injured um, as well. Yes. Well, well yeah, he's, I don't think – is he going to be playing round one? I don't think uh, he will be. I don't know. I think it'll I be think Meek probably lines up round one. But, or um, Lob. Lob might. But that could be good because it means that he'll slip out of the pecking order when people are picking rucks and you can just pick him up super late yep. or um, even on your bench. The, the reason I say that is Darcy, he's 22. He averaged 95 for the last eight rounds last year. He's only played 41 games as a ruck. So you look at – you know, he's young, rucks take a bit longer to develop. Tapping down to a pretty good midfield, I think, you know, he could actually be a, a real sleeper. If you're one of those guys that gets stuck and you're last on the boat in draft and you're like, you know what, stuff, I'll just pick up a couple of two rucks that may be a bit so-so and then just watch how they go, you could, um, you know, try and pick up someone like that. So Yeah, fair enough. Same as Rory Lobb, actually forward ruck eligible, not too bad on the swing. He did drop by about, uh, what, 10 points in average Compared to 2019, he only had 190 400s uh, in 2020. So he's an interesting one for me. He played every game. Now, it's one of those things he can pinch hit in the ruck. I don't think he does too well too much time in the ruck. And um, I don't know, he's a funny one for me, Chris. Uh, Rory Lobb? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he's, I think... From memory, he has uh, intended a rate of contested marks. is one of the highest in the AFL. He's absolutely fantastic forward. Um, and he also has a really good hit-out-to-advantage uh, rate. But for whatever reason, he just can't string it together for a full season. Um, yeah, I, I, he's just a strange one. I mean, I, I'd definitely take a punt with a, as his forward ruck. Correct. Uh, on, in, a, in a draft, you'd definitely take a punt on him. As your last forward or even if you could oh, sneak easy. him on the bench. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. that way, 77 as your last forward with that swing eligibility. He's got a really high ceiling. You know, he can really t- you know, take some hangers, kick some important goals, get some hit outs. You know, he's got a rounded game, but then he just doesn't show up one week. Like, that's kind of what happens. That's fair. Uh, a couple I want to talk about, mate. Um, Connor Blakely at 295. Now, what the hell is happening with Connor Blakely? Because three years ago, he came on. He lit, lit up the midfield. He was going gangbusters. Last season, preseason, they said, yep, we're going to be starting uh, Connor Blakely up in the midfield. Season rolls around. Doesn't start in midfield. Barely gets no. any time on ground. Only plays five games. Is he even best 22 anymore? Or is he completely out, out of there? Well, I think they trained him too hard, Chris. Why is that? Well, because it's more like Connor break me. <laughs> that doesn't work, but uh, the sound effect almost made it worth it, but it still was shit. <laughs> I, respect, I respect your effort, though, and I'm not going to be one here to criticise you on your effort. <laughs> um, look, I, I don't know. Uh, who knows what happened to him? He's I not still- in their best mid-mix. Is he a rotational mid-mix? Is there, is there a piece that they have off the bench? Well, he, here's the funny thing, though. He's still really young, or at least he was before he turned shit. Um, <laughs> he, you know, he could be anything, and he could definitely be a role player. It wouldn't surprise me if they actually tried to make him into uh, someone who is a bit more accountable because it's like, well, you can still get the contested ball, and now we kind of want you to stop someone at the same time. So, well, uh, I don't know. He's sort of he's at that price where it's almost worth a punt if you're really searching for a mid pricer. But I can't see it from. It's not going to fit anywhere in my standard team. But maybe someone again, really deep league. You're like, look, pick Connor Blakely up, chuck him on your bench, give him six weeks, and see what happens. Who knows with him right now? And I think there's just not enough information to make an affirmative call on him. And the other one that I want to talk about is Hayden Young, obviously. So I uh, only played the five games last year. I'd be – if he's available and fit, I think he'll play every single game this year. Um, he was a prodigious young talent. I think he averaged 107 in the NAB League the year before as a um, rebounding defender. 
So he's just got every chance uh, to make it in the AFL. Um, and I do think that they'll look to get the, the ball in his hands. He goes hard at it. So um, averaging 52 last year, not really good enough. I personally am not going to be taking a punt, but I know people who are looking around that price, the same as you know Miller's price point, there's 20K, I think, difference between there or maybe 30. Um, they're looking for that sort of mid-price to take that next step. I think Miller takes... Um, rank though I think he's shown a little bit more and has probably a little bit more potential to average that sort of high 80s or low 90s uh, I'm not surprised though. Hayden Young I am, am actually interested not so much for standard I mean I don't think I have the kahunas that deep but he was injured on I think it was uh, f- what 15 or one super coach in round 6 dropped his average a lot his true average is closer to 65 for me so you get a bit of value there a little bit of value. And for me, even in a deep, deep, deep league um, or in a keeper league, I would actually be really interested in trying to pick him up late in a deep league or in a keeper league, definitely hold him or try and snake him if you can because he's going to be a prestigious talent in the future. Yeah. I would not be surprised if he actually averaged close to 80 or just over this year. Yeah, uh, that's fair enough. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to pick him at an 80 average, but if it's one of those deep leagues. I, I think 80 is very attainable for him. Yeah. Now, the question is for standard, is that enough as a stepping stone to a premium? It, it might be. It might be enough. It might be. Because a couple of big games, you know, all of a sudden is 400K. And not only that, there's actually not too many mid-price defenders this year. You're better off going mid-price forwards as a, a plethora. There's too many mid-price forwards that you could jump on, right? Whereas yep. in defense, you're kind of looking at what coming Young and Miller are. And I yep. think that's kind of about it. It's, it's not much. You kind of need to go more guns and rookies or one mid-pricer in that position. Yeah. I mean, personally, I, I, I like the big four in defense uh, this year. So to me, I won't be looking at mid-prices in defense, but I can see people doing it. So, Do you ignore your thumb? What? I'm confused. What? The big four. <laughs> you ignore your thumb? <laughs> oh, that, was a, that was a thumb where's joke. The, where's the one? one? <laughs> No, no, no. I did not, deserve the, did not deserve the symbol. It's not my fault you don't get it, Chris. All good. You better lock it up. You lock it up. You lock it up. <laughs> um, I do agree, though, for, for everything else there. Um, Sturt is interesting. He was injured on uh, 11 in round three. He had an average of 87 otherwise, so he is someone who could pull it together. And I don't have too much faith in that, but again, in a deep league, he is interesting. And for me, Tucker, I think. Yeah, the, in, a, in draft, Tucker's a real smoky. Highly underrated. Uh, he averaged... What do you average? He's 70. talented. He is. He's a great player. He's. I think he's super underrated. Very underrated, and it would not surprise me. So, and again, in a deep league, I think Tucker is my smoky. And if he doesn't uh, do well, you could always just tuck him away. Boy, oh boy, wow, wee! No. What is going on? No, you didn't. Um, now, the good thing about Tucker is he was injured on uh, was that it's at zero. Um, so he did a hamstring really early in round eight and didn't return. Um, so that gives him quite a lot of value. It immediately gives him about a seven point bump in average. Um, so you are getting him cheap. And uh, look, if you're looking into your, your draft, someone that you can take a little bit higher, but you're probably going to be able to pick him up on your bench even better. Yep. I so love they it. D- they did say he's been uh, at the club working on his running and fitness as he continues his 
recovery from hamstring injury. So uh, for me, it's yeah, he's still probably a little bit away at this point. So ah, that's a, that's a frustrating. Yeah, ouchie. Um, well, that pretty much rounds out Frio. Yes, it does. So thank you very much for joining us. Next, I believe uh, we'll have the Geelong Cats, Chris. Yeah, Geelong, Geelong. Yes, That'd be an interesting. And pod. let's hope you show up for quicker and longer than they did in the grand final. <laughs> that's impossible. Impossible. Actually, to be fair, our podcast usually goes for about thirty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it could be accurate. Yeah, exactly. Half time, right. maybe they'll leave us. Uh, anyway, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you soon. Cheers, guys. Alrighty, bye. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. Bye.